Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Post just well, showed up in Thailand wearing a fucking speed shirt, and like, you know, that's large part due to our boy Adam, who's just like really putting on for... For hardcore at large that's so important to like to be repping like that too because you know yeah. it's bands, huge huge for us for sure for sure also huge so the funny so here's a funny story right um about what do you think of post malone's new album what is this, what's your honest opinion of post malone's new album? can you tell everyone i i i love it honestly i think it's too many it's too it's more songs than i want to listen to in a single sitting but i mean like there's a lot of songs that i'm like listening to on repeat does he tour with a band for now he is, yes. Yeah, he like I saw him in Amsterdam and there was no band, it was just him on stage. And I saw him in San Diego and he had a band. I think it, I could absolutely see him just going like full rock and roll, right? I think it's kind of headed that way. He's doing, I mean, he's playing stagecoach and doing country covers. So he's he's definitely kind of doing a lot of different stuff right now. That is something. He is he is one of those, I think a lot of those um those rapper type artists like the further we get away from sort of like peak soundcloud era the more they kind of want to and the more like saturated that becomes like the cloud rap soundcloud rap era sound the more saturated the more standard that becomes the more like post malone type beats there are on youtube i think the more those guys are going to be like you know when i was a kid i was super into guitar music can i try doing more guitar music now and i know his album has a lot more guitar on it but i haven't i haven't heard it yet i think it's great i mean i'll give you give you a playlist of tracks already like i mean the thing is like for the most part people lump him with the rap thing but really he's just been a pop singer the whole time that's been on yeah like there's not like i think when he was like a kid he was rapping before he was ever successful but like other than that you know it's like pop songs with little rhythmic pockets you know it's right. not like he's never Some really of the been a rapper. very early stuff was sort of mumble rapish. yeah never, that, yeah it's a good point though he never like he barred on. up he was never like not yes yeah. or kendrick right. he was more of a chorus guy definitely yeah exactly yeah. definitely a chorus guy and he did that fucking he did that fucking song with ozzy osbourne shit that song yeah. is so fucking good dude that's like he did two songs with ozzy he, there's a oh, song yeah, on yeah, an the, ozzy record yeah, ozzy's and, then, and there's a and fucking dv album, on the track there's, there's like dv's on there's like dv's yeah i remember it being really intense like fast yeah it was cool what's that one what's that song called though take what you want from me is that what it's called yeah that that's the post one yeah that song's fucking great. I wish now you're just exposing me as like a, a very legit Post Malone fan, which I don't know if I can allow. You know, me exposing you is that you don't want to come on yeah. too strong. You're like, you're like, yeah, me and Posty. <laughs> yeah, that guy's thirsty. Oh yeah, desperate. Austin. Yeah, me and Austin. Yeah, we hung out a little in the Amsterdam. I make it. I make such a conscious effort to never be say Austin because I feel like I'll be the yeah. corniest motherfucker on earth. Austin. Yeah, me and Austin. I know that it's. I first of all, does he have any piercings? No, but he's got a lot of fucking metal in his mouth. That would have been rough for you, wouldn't it? Been, hey, I'm yeah, a, Ian, I'm a big fan of Ian. I'm a big fan of your music. I just got this nose piercing, by the way, and you're just like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, I'll see you later, man. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, I'll see you. I'll see you. No, not happening. Not happening. I like we um, can hang out if you take it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that would be. <laughs> hey, Ian just wants you to know he's really excited to meet you. They, man, that would be such a thrill for Post Malone though to get big dog by you like that, like as a celebrity. <laughs> Hey, so Ian's ready to come on in. He's just relaxing in the other room, but we do need you to remove the piercing before you meet him. He'd be like, he'd be like, wow. 
he'd respect you 10 times more. It would just be such a, it would be such a shift for him. Um, I'm ready. You've, you've been working hard though on the TikTok presence and TikTok. So I'm, I'm struggling with this thing right now called never sleeping. And it's because like, I feel like I just constantly have to be networking on every platform. All it's the same time, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, just all, all at once. And I know I have to keep my eyes open and on those because I caught you. I caught you on my fucking TikTok. I think you had just See, followed me. <laughs> and so I was like, it was boom, DM. <laughs> I was literally so fucking stoned just watching shit on your account. And I was with my brother, and then we were like my me and my brother were like literally there, just like both smoked out, just fucking watching videos. And then I I don't even know that I realized I followed you. Because when you DM'd, I went, whoa, how does this guy know? Like, <laughs> I was so fucking confused. This is sometimes, sometimes I'll in the, like in the early morning, I will have, I will, I will dream of tweets in my head. Like I'll see the tweets and then I'll wake up and be like, yeah, that was a good one. And then I will post it. Like, this is literally all I do is social media. I have like genuine cramps in my thumbs and in my four fingers, but it pays off, baby, because this is how you fucking find out that military gun <laughs> is on your page. I saw that. I saw that blue check mark. I was like, boom, you're coming on the show. Yeah. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I was stoked. I mean, I love doing podcasts. So this, you know, and when you were like, you want to come on the podcast? I was like, you have a podcast? Hell yeah, I'll go on. Because I remember, you know what? Do you, are you friends with or are they just fan of yours? Do you know anybody in the band, the Callous Cowboys? Oh yeah, uh, Carson. Love, love, love Carson. That, all, that dude is awesome. We all love Carson, but he had posted about your album the first time, and I remember seeing the cover with the colors and like the font choice and stuff and all that, and thinking like, "Oh my god, please let this be new metal." <laughs> and then clicking play on it and being like, "This is so," <laughs> being like, "This is awesome. It's not new metal at all, but it's so awesome." <laughs> but it's not new metal. I was almost, I was even tempted to just post it, but I didn't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> But it is it is like just such fucking kismet that like, yes, I can get you in on this. And I texted him. I actually texted him earlier in the week. I just texted him. No, no context. So I said, military gun is a new metal band. And he said, uh, are you sure about that? And I said, just believe in it with me. I said, say it back to me. I was like, words of affirmation. Say military gun is a new metal I'm gonna, band. I'm going to text Carson a photo of my screen. Oh, no. He, he's going to say, hey. <laughs> and and see, what, see what he has to say. Be like he got <laughs> us. Be like he got us. It is sheer coincidence I'm wearing a Dowboy shirt. I, I didn't know Kirk was going to buy Oh, sure, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we're huge fans. They're awesome. amazing. Yeah, Their new stuff is we insane. We played a show with them in Dallas. We played a show with them, no, in Austin. It was not in Dallas. Um, yeah, just, just met them, and, and it was the type of thing where I, I know that there's always, like, a weird vibe, especially, like, when it's, like, inner genre shows. We were playing a Knotfest, like, showcase at South by Southwest. Oh, with- you were? with Dow boys you were and, playing um, off a showcase yeah and uh interesting and so i just like went up and was like hey how's it going like i think we played with them one other time at, at, at the fest but we didn't meet so i said hello and like i think that uh carson was like i can't like i thought you would be like a cool guy dickhead to me or something <laughs> like uh and was really stoked you know and then we just hung out the rest of the night and i thought he was freaking awesome so we text all the time i think that new metal is the first time in rock music where rock stars were expected to be good networkers. Like, mm. until you got to new metal, I think even through grunge, you could just depend on other people around you to handle, like, glad-handing, 
the shaking of hands, the signing of contracts, and you could mostly be kind of a dick. Like, yeah. like not not everyone was like Axel Rose, mind you, but I think that even even good people, good people like Kurt Cobain and like um, Eddie Vedder, guys like that, they still kind of kept to themselves to a degree. You know, they were very much like their own, they in their own heads. Whereas with new metal bands, it was like signing endorsement deals, creating vanity label projects, doing their promo, do touring the like when Corn put out "Follow the Leader," right? Corn puts out "Follow the Leader." Label finances this huge campaign for them to fly via private fucking jet from city to city, state to state to do in-store signings across the whole country every single day. And Corn was like soldiered with that. Like Corn was like, Corn was like, yes, let's do it. Let's go. Let's absolutely make this happen. Whereas just a couple of years ago, a band like, you know, like uh, Allison Chains or someone would have been like, absolutely not. Like we're not, yeah. no way. That's bullshit. That's such sellout garbage to to fly in a private fucking jet from city to city doing signing showcases that's pop star shit dude rock art rock and rollers didn't do that but new metal it's funny because it's funny because that's actually for the people like the private jet's not for the people but like going and meeting fans and like actually providing like that's providing a service that's providing that's working for the like inner fan artist relationship and that's awesome that's not sellout shit but think about how you you when you say that now, it's because you live in an environment where those kinds of things are welcome, expected, and performed. Whereas, you know, in 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 a, a really long time ago, there was a time when you absolutely then with the, all that shit felt felt like sucker shit. That all seemed like loser shit. Like like who yeah, signs I mean- like signing a deal with Puma and and. Fred Durst becoming during during when Limp Bizkit was like the biggest band in the universe. Fred Durst was the A and R at Interscope. Was an A and R. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like that's like a that's like a traitor. You know, like an inside, uh, like a double agent to be an A and R. Like that's the enemy. But now, now where being in a rock band, a huge part of being in a band means being a good business person. I think that those ideas resonate with us a lot more than like trashing your hotel room and fucking a million groupies and all the things that used yeah. to do, that used to be what you did as a rock star now now it's like you got to be you got to be polite with people you got to be professional with people you got to shake hands you got to take down phone numbers and new i think new metal launched that i really do i mean it's an I, i'm gonna now be looking at the history of it all to dissect that because i mean business is a huge part of i think you know something it's something i've always paid attention to it's something i've like studied as far as the way people conduct themselves in the music industry like i made music videos for bands while i was just playing in a blast beat hardcore band that was like not had zero commercial viability and um at the same time i was working with labels getting budgets trying to help bands market their records and seeing the way all that shit went and then that's why military gun has kind of come out the way it did was like we had music videos that were like actually directed and good from jump and not like because because we could handle all those things ourselves and we we've been like a self-contained business before we ever were signed like we recorded this record we fronted all the money for it ourselves and then got signed like that record was fully made before we were ever signed yeah there there was this band it was a new metal band did you ever you were around actually do you remember the band trust company not really i'm kind of vaguely remember the name but no Decent band. First album, quite good. But they were one of those bands that signed during peak new metal era. And they signed for like a half, I think they signed for like 250 grand or something like that. Their first album comes out, does 
over expectations. It outperforms expectations. It goes gold pretty quick. So their first tour ever, boom, they're in a bus, big ass tour bus. Their first video costs a quarter, uh, like $500,000 or something upwards from there. And they're like living the fucking life, you know, getting all this money poured into it. And then the second album underperforms, they get dropped and the label goes, here's your bill. And they hand them a bill for everything that they fronted them on. And they're like, yeah. you owe us for the video. You owe us for the bus. You owe us for the touring expenditures. You owe us for the fucking bottles of water we had in your dressing room. And so it's like, on the one hand, and he wrote about all that on his blog, the lead singer did. It's a really great read. He's like, if I had known we would be paying for the bus, we would have got a van. But I think that it's like, you know, I'm of two minds on this, where it's like, on the one hand, I don't like that rock bands now have to do everything themselves. But on the other hand, it probably is good in the long run that you guys have a business mind about this and aren't getting fucked over. Like you just you have well, to be on the ball. You have to be on the ball. Definitely. I mean, I do think that potentially the music can take a hit by having to be so involved in everything else. Because, I mean, in the ideal world, like I'm trying to make music more than I am trying to do any of the rest of this shit. And that should be 100 percent of my focus. But instead. I'm also very tapped in with all these different facets that like eat into the time that I could be just writing music, which is a bummer, but, but also the deprivation element of like, I can't always be writing music. So like, I'm like super hungry for it and like desperate for it. So when I get to do it, it's like, yeah, I still have that. Like, like, like I'm coming up for air for the first time in a long time. Like that desperateness, I think is pretty important to the creative process as well. So you know, maybe maybe, maybe it, it's not making it suffer, but and it also just comes out like in the songs themselves too. Like you're writing. I think that my interpretation, I guess, of a lot of this album is like you're almost writing about how difficult it is to be in a band and also answering to all these professional questions at the same time. The first song is called like "Do It Faster," right? And then there's a song on here just yeah. called "Seizure of Assets," like. Like, it's all, like, very practical, very business-minded. But it, what makes it such a miracle, though, is it comes off sounding like like the great Friday Night Rock album. Like, this album makes me want to be in high school again. Not because I liked high school, but because this this shit would sound so good if you were getting out of class on a Friday. And you yeah. have the, the weekend ahead of you, and you put this fucking album on and just fucking cranked it, dude. I've been living <laughs> for this album. And I would have had nothing to do that weekend either. I would have been at home playing like Need for Speed or something the whole weekend. But I would have been listening uh, to this album on my way home like, we're going to have the best weekend ever. For me, I would have been like stage diving onto my bed, like imagining being at a show or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, yeah. I used to just jump on my bed and, and pretend I was in the, I would watch live dvds and then just like pretend i was i was in the fucking band and i'd just be jumping on my bed thinking that was the stage see that's amazing now that's what i'm fucking talking about right there and then you fucking make that, that shit real you deserve to play stadiums i'm just gonna say this right now i think you deserve to play arenas i think post malone needs to take you guys on as an opener holy shit there was a conversation about it, it didn't happen but, it's been, oh! there was a conversation. but i'll say this well, that we means it's play. on the table it's like so it, it has to happen we did play arenas once. Well, we played arenas. Tech, well, one was a really big theater and the other two were arenas with Limp Biscuit. Get the fuck out of here. I, can you believe this? Can you believe this? I win every time. I can't believe how, how hard I crush these battles now. Nobody even, I, nobody beats the new metal allegations. Nobody ever beats the new allegations. This is so, so I'm our tour mates in Scal did like a full tour with Limp Biscuit. No, I don't um, even want to hear anymore. That's a it's a wrap for me.
Great band, by the way. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Can we get much higher? That's the same. No, so, no, no, sorry. Tell us her. Tell us her. So, so they, so they, everyone's like, oh, like Scout Tour with Limp Bizkit. And nobody really, because we did the last three dates of their, the Limp Bizkit still sucks. Um, full U.S. So we played the Toyota Arena. We played the Reno Event Center and then the, the hotel, the Virgin Hotel or something like that in Vegas. And, but like we were added like a week before the shows happened. And um, so people don't ever realize that we did that tour. Like it's like a hidden, hidden it's like hidden knowledge. Like that's actual deep lore for us is that we, we toured with um, Limp Bizkit. If you go to our, on our TikTok, there's a video of Fred Durst on stage with oh, Military Gun. Doing break stuff. You did break now, stuff. Well, no, we we did break stuff with them, but he came on stage during our set. I can't. Which was a this. great miscommunication. I was, I was, I was um, trying to get Emma from Dying Wish. That this, I don't know if you guys know Dying Wish. They were also on the Wish. tour. Yeah, they're gone. Awesome. Um, we, I was trying to get Emma to come up and do this guest part with with me, and Fred was standing right next to her. And I think Fred thought I was motioning to him to come out on stage with us, which like, so next thing I know, Fred Durst is on stage with, with us and my little brother's on stage with us too. And he's like throwing water on the audience. And like, I, I I was like, I'm going to make Fred Durst pogo with me right now. I wrapped my arms around him. I started jumping up and down and he jumped up and down with me. And I was like, this is insane like there's so much healing for my inner child in all of this the, the idea like of any of this like the fact that jacoby shaddix was and i were dming it like it's all insane like it none of it makes sense it's this i died at some point it's actually it's actually insane this is where my my complete inability to do research pays off because you'd think i'd have known that right <laughs> you'd think <laughs> i'd have known that and i even said to myself earlier i was like i should go through their tiktok before the interview and i didn't do that shit at all but this this paid off because I'm glad I came in not knowing that because that is fucking insane, so amazing. Oh my god! Yeah. So so day one of the the shows of Biscuit were was crazy. So we pulled up to the venue, and and Biscuit was sound checking like when we were loading in. So we didn't meet them, and like everyone kind of scattered. And then I was kind of standing side stage as they were just finishing. And Fred walks by me and he goes, "Where's Military Gun?" And I'm like standing right behind him. And I was like, uh, uh, right here, Mr. Durst, like, uh, right here. And he, t- he was so fucking nice, like straight up. So nice. He comments on our TikTok all the time. Like he is an awesome dude. Like I, it was, it was such a surreal experience. And their set list every night was incredible. Like they played, they played everything. Like it was, and they, we got to go on stage for break stuff. Like it, it's insane. That isn't, I saw them on that tour. It was awesome. Where'd you see it? Really good. I saw them in in, in uh, Ontario, California. We played that show. I knew that was gonna happen. I knew that was gonna happen. I knew that was gonna. Toyota happen. Arena, baby. Unbelievable. We were the opener, so you know, not not too many. You know, only a couple thousand pulled up, but that's fucking insane. Can't believe it. And I actually remember. I I, I hate to hear you say that too, because I remember being like, it's an old, you know, I was like, it's a it's an old person event. I can get there a little late. And miss the miss the first couple bands. Oops, but I definitely saw you do break stuff. So that is yeah, some shit. Sure. Fuck, that isn't wow. Good evening from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, people that don't give a fuck. I am Holiday Kirk with the New Metal Agenda. With me tonight, my co-host, Grandfather. Hey, everybody. 
If you've been anywhere in the music industry these days, you have not been able to avoid one of the most pressing questions facing music journalists and fans alike. The whole world right now wants to know, is Los Angeles, California-based, Loma Vista signed, rock group, military gun, new metal? Uh, and we have the one, the only Ian Shelton of Military Gun on the podcast today to finally put this to rest. Ian, this has been keeping me up at night. I get letters from constituents. I get calls, texts, people, when are we going to figure this out? Is people asking me if Military Gun is a new metal band? And uh, I, I, I appreciate you for coming on the show to address this topic. I mean, I feel like we got to... We got to tease it out a little bit. I feel like we can't just answer it right up the top, you know? Like, I, I, Okay, well, we, they, we, they, they, everyone, then everyone can just yes, tune, can. tune out the second that I answer, you know? The, the, See, the pressing questions are done. We do have to start, though, with the big problem, which is that you don't make new metal music. Yes, that is right. the really big problem here. No, you'd think that would be, you'd think it would be, but it actually is really only the first of, of, of what you are going to be discovering over the next five hours how many different levels of new metal you actually have to have to pass through before you can say you are not new metal? Like you, you think that would be oh, all yeah. it takes, right? Well, I don't. I don't think music, I'm gonna pass the I don't think I'm gonna pass the not new metal test. I think I'm gonna end up being new metal in this in this here equation. I was thinking of this today, listening to your album, uh, "Life Under the Gun," which is just which is just such an uh, an on impact classic and like my my first observation of the record was is to me and please take this the best way you can to me it sounds like if the replacements had invented pop punk i love that it sounds like it sounds like if husker do launched warp tour somehow but i do think husker do is like pretty much besides the ramones like one of the first pop punk bands you know like it, it's such a bummer now what the term pop punk has turned into and where it's like it went so far away from what is great about the genre oh. of what pop punk started to be. And now it's like, now pop punk's an insult. You know, you know what this like, sounds like? Here, you gotta, I, I think I come up, I just came up with a good one for you. This sounds like, you gotta put this on the, on the cover on a sticker. This sounds like if Green Day had never left Lookout Records. If Green Day had been that. like, yeah. we aren't selling out. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. it kind of, because it has like that punch and that energy, but it also has that like really raw and unpolished sort of thrust to it yeah i mean that's the goal i mean the goal is to make this a classic rock record um and yeah i mean definitely it's we we kind of joke about it where it's like we're a little bit a a little bit b it's like too much this too much that for any one given genre marker and that's why it's funny to say that we're a hardcore band because one it can piss people off and then two uh you know it's like true to some degree but also not true to it also probably the same degree i well what i was thinking about today was i was i kind of had this revelation while listening to your album that i realized like what the new metal agenda is and it's just me being like blessed with this moment where i have this huge platform to to put bands on the map for people to some degree or another and it's like i just I'm just going to make all these bands that I love that are making rock music now. I'm just going to call them new metal so I can like tell people about them. Like that's really all this is. It's just like, yeah, they're new metal. You guys got to hear this album. It's so good. <laughs> that's what I do with like the playlists we make and stuff is like, we're trying to kind of make a genre out of like these really disparate bands because I just want to convince people to listen to all my friends bands. Basically. Speaking of bands, do you like new metal? Uh, Yes, 
Yes, I, I do. I mean, it's not on the daily rotation, but, you know, it's it, it definitely hits a big nostalgia. You know, like that'll be the, 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 the day where you're like, oh, and then that record and then that record, you know, and you and you and you run through a couple of the things you grow up on. I mean, like the other day I was having a legitimately bad day and I turned on Iowa and was just like, holy fuck, like these songs are so so actually incredibly written, you know, like, yeah. It, 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 it's, I, I was just having funny, a conversation. I was just I was just having a conversation with people about like new metal and the appeal of new metal to me. And it's like, for me, a big turning point came when I realized that that was just how I still felt. Like, like yeah, I was really into Lincoln Park when I was in elementary school, and then I grew up, you know, and I got into all those grown up bands and put all that stuff away. And like as I got into my 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 the winter of my years here at thirty one, like the further I got on, it's like it's like I actually still just feel like that. That's that's like yeah. that still like expresses how I feel the best, and um, I do think that your album also has a lot of like, like you also are like trying to really strike off on some really like lame and uncool references. Like I really love how the last song has uh, uh the it's a title track, right? Life under the gun. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the song's going along, and then it's like it just hits you in the face with this twelve string acoustic guitar lick that sounds like it's from Boston, like more than a feeling. And it's just like, it's like, pow. And that's why I think that you say like you, you call yourselves hardcore and maybe you piss people off. And it's like, I think it's because you guys have that ability to embrace shit that really feels good, but maybe is kind of lame. Yeah. I mean, Boston is definitely, I mean, more than a feeling I've, I've been running up that record and I've been trying to write like my version of that riff, because if you think of the the prevalence of that riff in rock music is like, it kind of keeps cropping up every like handful of years, like smells like teen spirit being a really big example of that, where like, that's not very much different from more than a feeling, you know, like, uh, and so it's like, Oh, how do we get to those moments? But like, that was like trying to do like the who like odyssey to end the record. It was like, how do we do a classic classic rock is a huge influence for me, you know, like from the Beatles, the kinks, the, the who like, like all that shit is, and even in ways that you'd never know, like we did the song stuck in a spin and basically I was trying to do uh fifth dimension by the birds, but I was, but it sounds nothing like it, but I was like, let's do a noisy intro that like goes into something hyper melodic right afterwards. Like, yeah, sounds nothing like the birds, but that was the jumping point for it. Well, I mean, what this shares, what this has in common with all of my favorite albums is that it's a rock record that believes in the power of rock. Yeah. And we're playing guitars for a reason. What? We're playing guitars for a reason. Fuck you know, like we could have given these shits up. <laughs> but like, that's like been such a problem that we've had with rock music over the last, I don't do like decade where rock music kind of feels like it's apologizing for being rock music. So you have certain bands, they make their guitars sound like synths or like heavy bands, like metal bands. But what people do in our scene is they mix for volume to like try to get in mm -hmm. like uh like satellite radio. Like they go for satellite radio and stuff. Nobody's just shooting for the stratosphere. No one's like, mm -hmm. like I, nobody's mix mastering and putting out their records as if it could be like, fuck yeah, we're going platinum, dude. We're going platinum. Yeah. And like, that's what this sounds like to me. Life under the gun. This, this to me is what rock needs to be now, which is a, which is an album that once again, like, even though you guys probably please prove me wrong, but even though you guys probably aren't going to go platinum this year, please prove me wrong. It not, sounds definitely like not it, this year. <laughs> it sounds like it was made with the expectation that you could go platinum this year. That'll change when this one comes out again. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We're getting you on the agenda. And we're Let's go. Everything. I mean, it's the type of thing where, 
it was just trying to make the biggest record that that we could just because that was the, the records I was listening to. That's what I was getting inspired by was like, fuck, man, you know, what I just actually love is big courses. And that's what I've always loved. And that's all what we've all loved. But then you get jaded and you turn street punk and you hate things that are palatable all of a sudden. And you're like, it's, it's it was like a little bit of unlearning a lot of the things that um, made me have an edge or whatever over the years and then uh, trying something different which new metal is great because you're like those songs are all have massive courses listening to the slipknot record the other day i was like fuck massive courses I'm, I, even I though always, they're pure aggression i always tell people i am not a metal fan in the slightest i am a pop music fan and more than any other genre of, of metal new metal foregrounds the pop elements like the most and, pe- and people don't like admitting this isn't very cool but if you think about it, I, I, I'll i bet you, I will almost bet you 100% that your favorite bands put out their best work when they had their best shot of like commercially succeeding. Like when they had their best shot of making it on the radio, selling a lot of albums, signing a huge deal. I'll bet you anything that's when your favorite band was like at their peak. Well, it's when they're the most hungry. That's when they when they need it. You know, like when you need it is when it's the most essential. Then Then people get successful and they get lazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, when, when you need it, that's when you fucking work for that record. And, and when we were making this record, I was working for it as hard as I possibly could. Seems like it's been pretty successful so far. It's definitely grown a lot. It's been awesome. You know, we're on the, the first tour on the record in the States and it's, and it's really cool to play the songs every night and have people, you know, we've never played them for people for the most part. Um, and to, to have people singing along and bouncing around and having a good time is it's incredible. How many people in your life that you hadn't seen or spoken to in a while came back around and were like, "Hey, Post Malone, oh my god. How have you <laughs> how have you been, Ian? Buddy, what's so going what on?" So what I I've learned is that girls that I went to high school and middle school with want to pop up and tell me how terrible their lives are. I don't know what oh, it is. Yeah. I don't know I've been what going about through it. such a hard time. Yeah, I don't know what it is about me having some sort of success that makes them be like, yeah, well, my life's really gone downhill since you last saw me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why you want to tell me this, but I, uh, that's great for you. That's great. I mean, it's not great, but it is great for me. <laughs> well, my it's not. My problem is, so they, there's a song on the record called My Friends Are Having a Hard Time. It's like, oh, well, yeah, so come on, about- man. Come on, dude. It's like, yeah, that's why. They, they And so, like, for me, it's really difficult when, you know, you want everyone to succeed. It's hard because, you know, like, nobody's journey is the same as anyone else's. And you certainly can't all do it at the same time. But you're it like. Would, you know, it would really put a different spin on the song if it was called My Friends Are Having a Hard Time, comma, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But that's what, the, that's what the subtext of the song is, is the guilt of doing well. You know, of like, and I wasn't even doing that well at the time. I just was feeling more positive and engaged in my life in a way that I hadn't in a long time. And that's why it's like the lyrics, like it used to happen in mine. But, you know, and, and, and watching it happen in someone else's is, is really painful because you can't change their pain. But then like it goes on to be like, well, then eventually my life will suck again. <laughs> like, right. Uh, and that is that's the cycle of life. So you're signed to Loma Vista. Yes. So you. Holy shit, dude. You know who else Cran, is signed to that label, Kurt? Did you know, Cran? Did you even know that I wasn't even about to say that? I was about to say, "Oh, you're on the same label as Health." You know, our friends Health, Health are on this podcast, and they were addressing the aren't Health on Loma Vista? Yes, yeah, Health are. is. 
They are. They are. There's they are. some. There's some. Some bigger. You got oh, yeah. into a beef with one of our label mates, I believe. No shit. You did or they did? You did. Oops. Papa. Didn't didn't Papa uh, Tobias send send you uh, oh, take this post down? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! So, so I Ghost, don't know what Ghost, Ghost is our label mate. Oh, I don't know. Papa and and so is so is Corn. That was, right, so that, one. that was what I was like too. working my way to. I was like, oh my fucking God. But we'll just have to like table that for now because I wasn't even ready to address that. Um, so Ghost of this this Ghost of this rock band with this huge cult following, and they make a really like what kind of ro- Cran, you know who Ghost is, right? I have friends who are really into them. They make this like very theatrical, sort of like um like meatloaf style. What is it? It's, uh... It's Euro metal. Euro metal. Yeah, they make like a Euro metal thing. And I guess that the lead vocalist, Tobias Forge, that's his name. Yeah. He I, apparently he like Tobias hates, Forge. Yeah. Apparently he like hates new metal. Like hates new metal so much. So every time he says something in the press about hating new metal, I'll post another one of their songs and just assert to the world. I haven't done it in a long time, but I'll just assert to everyone. Be like, yeah, goes to goes to new metal band and and you're referencing like a beef that we have which is wild that's almost like deep lore at this point because i've definitely like faked conversations between us and like oh DMs maybe that's stuff. what it is i don't know but i remember i remember seeing a video or, or the the dm where it's like take this down fake right now down yeah fake the di fake the dm it? from tobias forge <laughs> that was a fake one. Oh, that's fake, a good yeah. fake that's great marketing you know what i i i like pull these stunts every once in a while where i do that but there's always like a line where if I go like across that line, I'll run things back fast. Like one time I did something just like that, but with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails DMing me to take it down. And people were getting like mad at him. People would be like, how could he pick on a smaller account like this? What an arrogant prick. What a dumb rock star. And I was, I had to, del- I deleted everything because I was like, well, that is because like, the ghost stuff's like fun in games. But people were like, people were like, that's real shitty of you, Trent. I was like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Um, but yeah, you're fucking label mates with corn. So points in your favor, huh? When's that tour yeah. gonna go down? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm sure we're gonna get to a different tour at some point. But uh yeah, I haven't got to meet them yet. I'm sure that I'll meet them at some point. We'd love to meet the whole gang. Um corn also one of the first bands I ever like got into that was like one of the subversive bands where I was like this is mine and not my parents' music, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Big time. Well, how old are you? I'm 31. We're the same age. Oh, how you like that shit? How you like that yeah. shit? Oh. Right. So then that's perfect. Like, our experiences sync up exactly right. Because that was me with Linkin Park. Was It was like, that was the first band that I got into that my parents had no connection with whatsoever. And it's like, Dude, I remember getting Hybrid Theory. And we were I was listening to One Step Closer in the car. And I thought it would be really cool. Because I was like fourth or fifth grade. I don't, I don't remember when was but i had the little walk man and i thought i'm gonna scream like he is just in the car while my mom's like trying to have a conversation or something i'm like shut up shut up we're not talking to you and i was like this looking for attention basically um and i thought the screaming was the coolest i mean that's like what primed me towards hardcore and punk and everything like that those first tastes of screaming and aggression like oh my god it was perfection for 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 a child can't believe we're doing this we're making it happen this is it yeah <laughs> this is it the whole world will know soon um yeah so i'm I, also but, 31 well you're we fucking not <laughs> you're not you liar you're 43 41 yeah Ooh, i was close i was close 
close okay. enough. Corn's funny though. It's funny that you'd be into corn because I was really into Lincoln Park and Lincoln Park, bless them, probably shipped another like two or three million units by not having any swear words on their first two albums mm. at all. Corn scared me. I was like, I was like, corn is a, a, an evil band. They are satanic. Their lyrics are dangerous. They have parental advisory stickers on there. So you were a much cooler kid than I was because I was very much well, like the Lord would never approve of me listening to corn. The the dirtier kids I knew were into corn. You know, like it was the the ones who had like older siblings. I'm the oldest sibling in my family. You know, so I didn't have an older brother to give me a shit. But the other kids in the neighborhood who like had older siblings who were darker and. It had the eyebrow piercing and shit. They were the corn fans. So we were like looking up to those people and then being like, oh, this is what they like. So I was like, mm, you know, so. I, do you have any piercings? Zero. I hate piercings so much. Wait, so I have like an aversion. I have like an aversion. Like it's a bizarre trait for me. Personally. Like to getting them, to looking at them, to everything. To looking at them, to looking at them. Yeah. It's like I, if someone has like a facial piercing, I don't them. want to look at their face. Yeah. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. That hasn't posed any problems for you romantically, socially, anything? Uh, no, I just won't go near a uh, uh, partner with, uh, with a facial piercing. No kidding. Like just total 100% deal breaker. When, uh, when Medusa, the Medusa ones got popular at some point, you know, where they get like in the middle of their that was really popular with girls at some point and i definitely kissed like two girls that had that and i hated every moment of it wow that is called lip cleavage <laughs> that's really wow that's really something that is technically cleavage it's fun it's fact like a, it's a legit aversion for me it's it's bizarre i'm gonna get canceled for this take i think i was thinking that too like i'm like you traveling in these hardcore scenes you know, oh yeah i loved your show get the fuck out get the fuck out of my face with all that shit the shit in your ears get the fuck out of my face <laughs> With that nasty shit in your brow, get get out of here. Can they? Can someone yeah. get them out of here? That would be a it's bad just, look for you. I'm glad you fought. It's that. like it's like metal and skin. It's like I had something about it bothers me. I don't know. It's been since I was like a baby, like since I was a child. Like I don't know. Rainy's everything. I don't like it. After a lifetime Glory. without tattoos, without piercing, I finally, in true new metal fashion, got my eyebrow pierced and promptly got it infected within like three or four months of having it. Cause what I was doing that I was, I guess you're, I guess you're not supposed to do this, but I was pushing it out and swabbing it with a cotton swab to clean it, which is an incredible way to manifest germs from a cotton swab onto a piercing and then put it back into your eyebrow. So like this huge, like red welt formed there. And I went to a doctor and I was like, I was like, Hey, what do you think's going on here? And she's like, it's infected. You've infected your eyebrow piercing. I'm like, well, do I have to take it out? She's like, yeah. Yes, you you do have it's to take me. it out. So, so there was a uh, for me. We did this done. we did this music video called "Don't Pick Up the Phone," and I cast my friend Brad in it. Um, and this fool, he's he's a, he's a quite a bit younger than than me. He uh, he went and got his um, what is this called? His bridge pierced like two days before yeah. the music video shoot. And I was like, I'm not having you in our music video if you have that in your face. Wow. And he took it out. No shit. <laughs> yeah. you like you were ready to like fire him. This is crazy. This actually yeah, no, he was, this could he be a problem for you. He, didn't, he was fired if he didn't take it out. So you're like discriminatory against people with 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 piercings. As as a as a job creator, yeah. No kidding. This is cancelable stuff. I've, I've been tweeting this all by the way while we've yeah, been no, talking. It's understandable. I've been, it's understandable. 
he's he's standing firm on this one. He's like people with piercings are subhuman monsters. No, no, not that. They just I just don't want to look at them. <laughs> so when you're at like a show, if you're like playing a show and there's like some someone in the front row and they're like they have piercings in their face and they're like singing along, they're smiling. Are you just like fucking like? Just... No, no, I'm fine with a passing glance. I just don't want to be locked in eye contact. <laughs> he's up there. He's like, he's what? this is so weird you're oh, so yeah so ian would tour right remember when ian would tour with military gun and he would force the audience to to form so that nobody with piercings would be up front <laughs> yeah he would dictate the audience he'd be like you and you you have to go to the back you guys come up front it was crazy it was wild it was wild it was really something we went platinum that so, year, so it was working. We went platinum it's that the, year. It's the lore, you know. We're building the lore. The lore. All right. So I do feel like we got to get it out of the way. How did the Post Malone connection come about? And does Post Malone like new metal? Post Malone loves new metal for sure. He, I know he does. fucking loves it. He loves the worst music ever. It's crazy. Which I'm not to say. Not guy. saying about music video, uh, but like, dude, things that which I always have to watch my mouth now because you never know who ends up being a fan. Like the people that I was to come, I was fucking DMing with Jacoby Shaddix two days ago. Like it's, you never know who's going to fucking pop up, but um, you know, he loves, I mean, he's wearing the Chelsea grin. He loves death core. He's a metal core kid, you know, like, um, and it's funny because it'll, he'll be like, when I've the two times I've hung out with him, like he'll be jamming to that shit. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, that came about because his photographer out in the is, is a hardcore dude who is very, very tapped in and, you know, kind of puts things in his ears and put, puts the stuff that, that he thinks is cool and is real shit into uh, Post Malone's ear. And, and like, he just became a, a big fan of it. And we were in, Europe at the same time and they were just trying to like figure out our schedule so we could meet up and hang out and uh it ended up being that I stayed a little longer in Amsterdam and then we just had a fun night I went to a show and just kicked it for like eight hours and then that's when that video happened and then we hung out one time since it's really fucking awesome you know like that's that's but that's, that's like Adam DeGrasse. That's number one. That's the number one guy right there. He he fucking puts it out there. He puts it on for hardcore. Like, uh... well, that's a wrap. Okay, we win. The military gunner, new metal band. <laughs> We're a new metal band. Yes, yeah, sure. we win. There it is. Undefeated. Undefeated. Oh my god. I'm like I'm like I'm like scrambled right now. Like anything that all of my talking points are completely obliterated by this by this. Revolution. Yeah, I, I hit like, the closer right off the top. I'm sorry, this I, is, in the middle no, of the set. Is, I, we were supposed to do this for five hours. I had five hours of talking points. Now I've got 17 pages of notes, and they're all worthless now. Can't believe it. 17 pages of notes, no research. That's what I respect yeah, that's so right. much about this. <laughs> it's just me, just me <laughs> listening to the album, being like, "Yo, nice, fire." <laughs> Damn. Ooh. 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 Those are my notes. Every single note is just that. That's insane. 17 they, pages. They played with Limpiscuit. How do you like that? The fucking stars line. Because there's always was a chance where it's like we'd get you on this call and be like, we'd be like, hey, so new metal, what do you think of it? Hate it. Really? Yeah. Why'd you follow me? Because I think it's a joke. 
Anything else? <laughs> nope. And then that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> There's a chance that could happen. I thought it was very remote. There's always a chance that could happen. Who's the crane? Who's like a who? Which guest of ours do you think has been like the most resistant to the cat to pile? The, cat pile. That's and that's yeah. just fucking hilarious too. I remember it sticks in my mind. Uh, Raygun, the singer, said that as much as he likes corners, as much as he hates all other new metal. <laughs> That sticks in my mind for some reason. Such a wild moment because it's like out of all the bands we've done this shtick with, they they have no way of escaping this. Like they, they gave, are... but they gave nothing. That's amazing. Oh, it's they incredible. gave. No, they fucking gave. Oh, they, they gave, gave more than they think they did. Oh, they okay, gave. Okay. I was, I was mad as hell. You should go listen to that episode if you hadn't listened. I was mad as fuck. I'm going to. I was I love that. Pile. that. That's an incredible band. Yeah, I think I was I haven't I haven't like written about it entirely yet, but their their album God's Country is one of the greatest new metal albums ever made. And it like just came out. It's wild to me. Yeah. Like bands are still staking that claim. And don't laugh at that. They're a new metal band. I know they're a new metal band because when they deny that they're new metal, they are being serious. And that is as new metal as it gets. It's not even so, they they're not new metal, and yet their bass player has been on the show three times. They all have fucking new metal nicknames. Like they all have. Like yeah. When you said the singer's games. name, I was like, oh, shit. OK, that, that no. is pretty new metal. No, the allegations just beat the shit out of them. Oh, and by the way, I think they were the first band on that we had for like this kind of like addressing the new metal allegations like episode. Like they were the very first ones. And originally the show was going to be called addressing the allegations. And then I realized pretty quick. Yeah, no, you can't. No have that. band <laughs> in the world is going to come on a podcast called addressing the allegations. <laughs> I could see that so going. When you were really 15 bad. years old, you went on a date. Uh... If you guys hear Chapel had to address the allegations, no way. It's seriously, seriously. Did, did you listen to the? Did you listen to the podcast? No, I'm done with them. No, they're canceled. That's all I had to see. I deleted everything. I deleted everything. I canceled the my tickets to the show. I burned the shirt. I saw you were addressing allegations. I said I'm out. Canceled. Yeah. So I'm glad the I no tap. It's it should have been called no tap apology. No tap apology. <laughs> I'm glad I thought that through. That's not a bad idea, though. We should do we should do like a spinoff or something that's called no, no tap apology. Now, hold on. This this has come out now a couple times, but I want to go back to it before we get too far away. First question with you: Did you listen to Papa Roach's? Have you heard Papa Roach's most recent album? No, I have not. It's quite fucking good. It's like really? actually, it's like and and what I love about Papa Roach and why I want to speak to Jacoby Shack so bad is that like they have been promoting that album now non-stop since the day it came out they have been absolutely pounding pavement promoting that fucking record and to me like that is just so admirable to have like a band like that with like two decades two and a half decades of legacy behind yeah. them put out a new album and be like boom this is our album we're opening our shows with the fucking songs from this album we're going to do radio runs with that. we're doing acoustic versions we're doing these fucking tiktoks we care about this album and we want to treat it like it's our first album all over again to me that's like yeah I want every fucking band to do that, man. And when I saw them at Sick New World and they played the song, uh, the first song on that album too, and they played that song, Kill the Noise, off that album, I was singing along to everywhere. I was belting it. I knew, so I was like cool. as excited to hear that as I was any other song they played. So, but he, you said he reached out to you too. Well, he followed us and, and I shot him a DM. I'm, I'm, so the Military Gun account doesn't follow people back uh, on, uh, on, on Instagram. So it's like, uh, and so, uh, when people follow, I just shoot a DM to, to pay respect, you know, just to be like, I'm not trying to be dick. You are cool guy. You it's just like, we only follow like our team, like the, as far as like the people who follow our label or management or booking agency, you know, like it's not and post Malone because he 
literally sat next to me and said, you have to follow me back. So I said, okay, fine. Um, I'm going to you. And you, and, the, you were like, uh, and you were like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Man. I don't wanna, you're pushing it. You're posting. Yeah. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, so I, I always just shoot it, you know, especially something like that. Like me and my girl were in bed, like when I saw the, the follow come in and like, we went and watched a bunch of the music videos that, that I grew up on. I was like, God damn, the last resort music video is an incredible fucking music video. Like the filmmaking in it, everything about it, the concept, like, whoo. Like to be a young kid that feels fucked up and watch that music video paired with how amazing the song is, is like, of course it fucking hooked me, you know, like and, that's and I love crazy. That they shoot it with that fisheye lens yeah. at that angle, because I think, and a lot of new metal videos did this one, but with that one, with that lens, especially is like giving the singer the ability to look up and into the camera creates a sense of connection there. That really yeah. is what I think really part of what helps get that over is you kind of feel like Jacoby's like really reaching out there to get you. You know, I want a fucking VMA yesterday, right? You know, you're not the only one that's directed music videos. I'm going to tell you what right now. Wait, did, did you really win a VMA? No, because I did uncredited work on the video, but I had just tweeted about this. I did uncredited oh, work God, on one what of the video? videos. I'll, I guess I'll tell you. And if I forget to edit this out, fuck it, sue me. So I did I did work. I, I'm good friends with the director of the uh, video, the, the one that won. And um, we, I was doing a lot of post work on that video, and they're like, "Hey, man, can you do a temp sound mix for this? It's it's sounding rough. We need something that we can have presentable." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Took all the audio, threw it into Logic, threw like a default mastering chain over all the audio, spit it back out, brought it back into the timeline, labeled the file like temp mix, not final, do not finalize, replace before delivery, do not finalize, not final mix, temp mix, temp mix, temp mix. That is the final mix. They did not do another mix. Dude, that that's classic. It, and I, I, dude, I 100% knew. I was like, this will be the final mix. They will not replace this. I was really clear. I was like, 10 mix, 10 mix, 10 mix. Do not final, do not final, do not delivery, do not delivery spec, MP3 quality, do not final mix. So when they, when they gave the award and the, and the VMA goes to, that was my mix, baby. <laughs> my name so is my, my, nowhere in those credits. Nowhere. My girlfriend did a lot of uncredited writing on mass the biz, biggest music videos in the world oh and, and she well no she used to work for a director one of one of the biggest and she wrote his videos but she she makes treatments that's her full-time job um come on dave but, myers uh, come on it is dave myers what? are you serious no way it is dave myers boom first shot first shot Unbelievable. It is Dave Myers. It is that is an unbelievable, unbelievable guess. Yes. Uh so you must you know, have been startled for a second there. You're like, whoa. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. I, you, you have my crib bugged. You didn't do no research besides bugging my girlfriend's phone, I guess. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I've been uh, it too long, man. That was quiet right off the hip. Well, it's I think people know that fool does a right shit. Come on. Uh I'll op I'll openly fucking open the beef with Dave Myers. You you have to because there's no way I'm cutting that now. No that no no you have to keep it. There. You have to keep it. But she maybe wrote a certain uh, Harry Styles video that they then hired a uh, writer to write an intro and an outro on, and that person has the sole writing credit, and she oh, has a thank you. No, and that video was Grammy nominated. Fuck you! Oh, that's such a bitch. Grammy well, winning maybe. Did she get paid? That's the important thing. She got paid her fucking hourly yeah. her assistant wage oh. for writing the, a fucking absolute video. Absolute minimum. At the least they could possibly pay her. And they gave it to her that paycheck with a frown. 
Oh yeah, here you go. Oh, this city, dude. So the story. How the industry place. goes. We gotta. We've gotta build something better. We really do. We've gotta fix that because that's just. That but she just directed our new music video. Never fucked up once. So you watch that. That's her fucking brainchild. She killed that shit. Grammys so. incoming. What do you think? Hey, let me ask you a question. What's like the ceiling? Do you think for Military Gun? Like where? Where do your? Where are your sights set? I mean, this is a difficult question. So what we, I'll, I'll fully unpack this in a way that's not meant to shit on your question, which we're jokey anyway. So I can, I feel like I could even could shit on the question. So we, we go up against this thing with music journalism has hit this serious rut where all people can say is turnstile, 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 turnstile is this big. What do you hope to achieve with this? And it's difficult because you're like, I want to write the best songs I can. And that is my aspiration. Like, obviously I want to be able to pay my bills. I want to be able to do all these things like, but it's kind of corny for me to prospect, in my opinion, on my own success, you know, where it's like, I'm just literally trying to make great shit. And that's like what was so like Military Gun at the time that we wrote this record had never played a concert before. We never played a show like it was the pandemic. We The band was created during the pandemic. Before we ever went on tour, we demoed every one of these songs and and went on the first tour listening to these songs. And so it's like to us, it's just like. I just want to write as big a song as I can, like however big that can be. I have no fucking clue. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. It, it's been going really well, obviously. Like we're, we're, I just want to keep going down this path and, and see where it goes. Cause it's more exciting to have no expectation than it is. Like we just finished this record where we did collaborations with three of, of three artists I find to be incredibly inspiring that are way bigger than us. And I'm like, Limbiscuit and it's Corey Taylor, yeah. Jacoby Shaddix. Goddamn. And and it's like it's it's like uh you know, and just the, the talent of the songs is what got us there. We didn't pay these people to do features, you know, like they'll have royalties on the song when it's released, but it's just like the goodwill of two artists is what made these things happen. And um and that's what's super exciting to me is like reaching out and being like, Hey, I like your music, and they're like, I like your music, and I'm like, Do you want to work together on something? And they're like Hell yeah, let's do it. That's I have no expectation. I'm just excited about their thing, and that's yeah, and that's I what wish, I love. Wait, wait, Ian, do you you like Turnstile? Yeah, I love Turnstile. I mean, I I I I made music videos with their when they used to be in the band Angel Dust. So I've like I've worked with them, and you know they're like it's difficult to say we're peers anymore because they're so massive. But you know, it's like those are when we say when we see each other, we say what's up, and it's exciting to see them, and like. But and and I think that record's fucking incredible. You know, like I I truly love that. I love Glow On. I love all the stuff before. So um, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, though. I mean, not that they didn't work for it, but like, no, on the turnstile. Like I mean, they the were turnstile. bigger in hardcore circles, but then they got big, big. But that's because they and wrote to me, the record. It felt instant. It wasn't though, because they had been touring full time for so long, and I think that bands that took a chance on releasing music during the pandemic. One, they, they took the time to write a really great record. Two, they took a chance on releasing music when shows were not happening, which most people were holding their shit until it was time. And so the audience that was underfed was there and hungry for something to receive something because they weren't receiving things. Big yeah. bands were just not releasing records because most big bands can't do a second record before. And so to me, it, it grew out of, them feeding an audience that was underfed at the time and like and then it just kept fucking growing and growing because the record was great and 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 furthermore they are 
a guitar band that believes in rock music. Like they don't have an apologetic sound. They very much are like, we make rock music. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're just the modern Red Hot Chili Peppers, where it's just like, like it's fun, great I think better than, I think rock better music. Than that. I love Chili Peppers, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. But hey, are you back in town by Saturday by any chance? <laughs> not even close. I'm not home till Dece- till December. <laughs> Mr. Rockstar, everybody. Okay. He's like, he's like, the mansion will be there when I get back. I'm gonna be hopefully. Goddamn, I'm gonna be broke more than likely. Oh man, economics. We gotta fix touring that. Touring is insane, man. Dude, you know what's what kills me about this album is like if you had put this album out in like 1998, you would have had a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar record <laughs> deal on your doorstep within like twenty days. Like fucking yeah, it's... like Atlantic Records would have been like, get me military gun now. Get me this band. Okay, can, can, can I have you? Can you put a beep in? Do you guys do you guys actually monitor for, for timestamps if I give you I met someone recently from a, I'll just just say from a major label, met someone from a major label recently that was like, oh yeah, we wanted to sign you, but it turns out you signed the exact week that we decided we wanted to sign you. But I I also like, you could have just not told me that. (laughs) Yeah. But also I'm, I'm so happy with where we're at because I think that we, we have really smart people in our camp. So, um, but it's like, you know, that type of thing where it's like uh, actual major label like was like we wanted to sign you i'm like that's fucking insane jeez oh my god which one what was the first letter first letter uh there's a building in hollywood damn fuck all right you know what fine win some you lose some loma vista is a great spot anyway i know they give an incredible label they give a ton of artistic freedom to their artists you know they've got a very and they care about the art of it i mean i i delivered a, a music video treatment for very high to um to them and they actually rejected it saying that it didn't it was like didn't take the meaning of the song far enough like that's how invested in the creative they are they they really do care about those things like, like so, you can tell they read it they weren't just like yeah, yeah oh no 100 yeah it was like here's five deliberated on for fucking months because they care you know like and that's why i want to be there that's why well, John, i, 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 I mean, like I, me and Johnny from Health had a long talk too about like label politics and stuff, and he said the same thing. He's like, Loma Vista just gave gives you the most attractive deal. They're like, they'll give you they'll give you a budget, but they won't also jerk your chain around with it. So, yeah. Well, I think that. Um, oh, by the way, so you, we we kind of rushed through this. Did Jacoby ever get back to you on that? Yeah, I just hit him up. I was like, hey man, like this shit's in my my the fabric of my musicality, like. Uh, it's really cool to see that you have an interest in the band. And he was like, dude, I found you guys last night, followed you guys songs rock. And I was, you know, that's basically the, the extent of our interaction, but it was, it's cool to see. He's awesome. Super underrated band. I don't know how Pop Roach got so underrated, but they're a very underrated band. Well, now they're doing all these performances with Oliver Anthony. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I wasn't gonna bring it up. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. That guy's politics hey, are interesting that, than they were purported to be anyway. Dude, well the the Oliver Anthony thing, I remember this I, I was like, okay, people were mad at him, uh, less people were mad at him because they said that he was being shitty or whatever. And I was like, okay, this seems really reactionary and lame. And then when he came out and did his first interview, then then all the right wing people were mad at him. I was like, okay, now I got to look into this because this is interesting. And then now he's doing all these performances with fucking Paparazzi. And I'm like, this is just off the rails bizarre. 
Oh my God, he's gonna be new. He's new. It was it was a a free parking lot show after the Blue Ridge fiasco. I think it was. Oh yeah, Mm. I did see that. I did see that. I did see them all doing a little impromptu acoustic thing after it got canceled. After it got totally destroyed. After that absolute nightmare of a fest, yeah. And I'd like to. I would like to. I would like to 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 defend my angry leftist allies. He his Oliver Anthony's like initial impact promo campaign was orchestrated by the most like obnoxious alt-right douchebags ever it was like he impacted and had this tweet campaign done to get his shit to number one so it was like you know there was suspicion immediately but i do think the guy's probably a way more reasonable and interesting person than he was like sold to us because when he impacted it was like it was like it was the real voice of real america and then he got on camera in his truck and was like no the fuck i'm not Fuck those guys. Yeah. Like, I don't Well, yeah, don't he was like, fuck those fucking politicians. I this is what I wrote the song about or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, I, so I mean, actually, I don't give a fuck about me. his music or him. So it doesn't really matter to me, but it caught me off guard. I bet he's a pretty decent guy. So he should he should come on this podcast, though. I'll tell you what. We're gonna have now that he have... now that he has the new metal background from Pop Rush, you know, you, you gotta get him on. I'm telling you. Um, so what is next though for military gun? What where can people find you right now? Where are you guys at? Yeah, we're on. I mean, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we're on. We're on a full U.S. tour with Scowl and MS Paint right now. Um, we're about to go to Europe. I don't know how strong your following is in Europe, but we we're in Europe for five weeks at the end of the year, um, November December, and we're gonna be dropping new music really soon. Um, very excited about it, and um, yeah, we're just keeping it going and we're writing as much as we can. Any chance of hiring a turntablist, a DJ? You know, there is some, we did write some songs that sound like Len. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever see the light of day, uh, but those would be the time for us to do that. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. And is Military Gun a new metal band? As far as everything I've said on this interview, I would, I was going to say no at the beginning of the podcast, but now I think I got to say yes. Amazing. And I'll just, I mean, you have no idea what, how easy of an edit that's about to be to where you listen to this later. And it's like, is Military Gun new about And you're just like, I, I, yeah. And that's that's the entire episode. None of the rest yeah, of this happens. You got your gotcha music. And as far as I'm concerned, I would love for you to post this on your fucking account. We need it, buddy. You you you're absolutely gonna be in that in that sphere because that was the same impulse I had. I was like, I love this shit. Off, oh, this is so fucking good. I gotta post this, and I can't because it's not new metal. But it is now. It is now. And it is now. And Let's losers go. Can never take this away from me. Cran, I don't want to trample the end of this though. Do you have any anything else to say here? Uh, I just, I also, I really like the album a lot. I just wanted to say it hits, uh, three big things for me with a rock album. It's catchy. It's succinct. And the drums sound like drums. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We have been drums. Drums. glut Dude. for like a decade and a half. These drums hit. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We recorded it at, um, at, uh, one, we have an amazing drummer, Vince Wynn, incredible, incredible drummer. And, um, Two, we recorded it at Dave Grohl's Studio Six Hundred Six, and uh, on the board that is in that no, Nevermind was recorded on. So that those are real drums through a real ass board that recorded Bro. some real ass music before us. That's the other reason why this is new metal. Great drum tone. Think about that. That's Think about up. that. Every fucking great new metal album has a specific drum tone. Yeah, that's you true. Pick out anywhere i bet you i could play the snare from certain corn albums or slipknot albums and you'd know like that's from iowa slipknot i would know for sure i had the joey jordanson signature at one point oh yeah you'll never beat in the new allegations 
like that, like, dude, ah, oh, man, I've been, I've almost fallen off on this, but I've been trying to preach the gospel of drum tones to like younger bands, younger artists as much as possible. Cause it's like, dude, I know it's easy to download modern metal pack five and just program it, put a drum kit in a room. I'm, I'm tell, I'm begging. Go to a fucking studio with beautiful wood floors, a big ceiling and, and play them shits. That's what you need. Seriously. Drums are so important, so important. And yes, the drum. I I don't know how I didn't point it out sooner. So next, all really, you guys got to change now for this. I would say just here's what I'm gonna say to you. I'm gonna say to you as as a friend, as a friend, as a mentor, mm-hmm. as a mentor, you yes. should just go get the sharpest snare you can from a nearby guitar center and just swap that in right now. Just starting right now, like a piccolo <laughs> snare. Just swap that in there. Ping. <laughs> all these on the ping. I feel like that would just immediately, you know, you it'll start. elevate it. It'll elevate it for sure. Yeah. We'll try it out. Would you? And so <laughs> if Hollywood Records offered you a million dollars, but you got to get your lip pierced, would you take it? No. You just, you, would you even tell the band? Would you be like, well, we no. have an offer? No, I would, I would tell them. I'm, I'd, I'd brag about I'd brag about turning that down. You don't worry. You, you wouldn't worry. They would be a little uh, like a little t- a little tiffed at that. And you walking away from. No, that? I think they would be more. We actually had this conversation yesterday of. Oh, actually, no. The conversation is a little bit darker. They're like, <laughs> they said uh, they. It was like a conversation about me wearing something whack forever, or still being able to drink. <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, no. I. It, it was like you could be drunk forever and not ever get a hangover, but you had to look like absolute shit, or you could still look cool. And I was like, I'm gonna still look cool versus the alternative because we were just talking about loving drinking. But anyway, that, that's kind of dark ultimately. But. It's dark, but it's perfect. I um, I do think that does just about do it for me. So I just want to say uh, on behalf of the new metal agenda and certainly on behalf of myself, I'd like to really thank you for creating rock music that believes in rock music again. It's it's we I just really need rock bands to have this level of confidence in them. And I mean, the, this album really just is like makes me emotional because I feel like I haven't heard an album go for it like this in too long. So I'm wishing you the absolute best. I think that you know, peak years for you guys are way out there. This is, you guys have a fucking insane career ahead of you and I'm wishing you all the best. And it's the minute you're, you're back here in LA. Yeah. We got to like, we got to link up because. Yeah. Same. I'm down. I'm down. Please. Dude, thank you so much for having us. Thank, I mean, this was, this was awesome. And was you know, the night where you. Now, you know who you are. You have to go out into the world now knowing you're in a new metal band. That's going to change things for you guys. You know what's going to happen? I mean, you're going to the next. When album, I bust out the keg tomorrow, people are going to know. What's going to happen is the next album, you're going to go all in on new metal. And it's going to be horrible and it will tank, yeah. it will tank <laughs> you, this forever. You will realize this uh, interview single handedly ruined this band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, That's kind of what we do. Oh, man. You've ruined five people's lives. At least wouldn't more than that. Time. More wouldn't be the first. And then we all have girlfriends. Time. Then you know, like it's had girlfriends. And when yeah, this comes out, yeah, won't. definitely. All yeah, right, that's sure. not how we're wrapping it up. You're gonna go more <laughs> new metal, and you're gonna be twice as big as you ever dreamed you'd be. That's how it goes every time. This is Holiday Kirk, though, signing off for the new metal agenda. Just reminding everyone out there: be sure to be supporting and platforming the younger up and coming bands in this scene, like Military Gun and the like, and have yourselves a wonderful evening.